0: Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to tell you about another great podcast. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, presents the VC Show with eight-time NBA All-Star Vince Carter and co-host Rods Gold on Woody, who talk all things basketball with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. That's the VC Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on?
1: Not much, man. Looking forward to the weekend. Tired this week. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, man. We got a lot to talk about here. We're going to get into a little Aaron Rodgers. Little uh Russell Westbrook, we get an opportunity too, but I want to start here. Uh you think your mama would ever send you uh to Kanye High?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they shutting down Donda Academy. I hope not. I, I mean, not, I hope not. I know not. My mother would never do anything like that. She she um found a magnet school for me and my brother to go to because our homeschool was uh not graduating people as well as they was uh, sending people to to other institutions. So she was like, she was like, y'all gonna get up at five thirty and go to this bus stop so that y'all can go to the magnet school where they actually doing something, people actually learning things. So, so hell no, she would not send me to an unaccredited Donda Academy. Yo,
0: know, it would be so interesting because I think as I've told a lot of you guys before, my mama kind of grew up with Donda West in um, Oklahoma City, and I imagine that, like, if they had stayed in touch longer or whatever, and I was school age and around, that Kanye would come and make the pitch. And as some of you know, my mother is a, uh, she's retired now, she's a college professor, but she's the, like, loving, stern mother hen type. And I just imagine, because I've seen this look as he tries to explain this, the look that she gives him, it would be very similar to Gail King with a... Uh, R. Kelly, right? Like, it, it would be a whole lot of that. But there's a sports tie into this, which is that a big thing that Kanye was trying to do with that school was to try to build an athletic powerhouse. And they got some big time basketball players who go to that school. And they got a note that was like, Ain't no school. Not today, not tomorrow. Like, what do you do in the middle of October? And there ain't no school no more. I'm trying to graduate, dog. Like all of those things that come into it. And again, if you're a Hooper and you were thinking about going to college, you kind of need a diploma in order to do that. I
1: mean, things. Yeah, things are changing around college and professional basketball, so maybe the Hoopers got another route to go. Yeah. But you also do not—I mean, I guess you can get a GED or you can find somewhere else to get a, a high school diploma. But I mean, I, the basketball players—somebody gonna add them to their <laughs> to their school if they are if they're looking for it. The local public school is gonna be happy to have a six-nine dude with handle. But yo, what they—they they coming from an unaccredited school? That's true. That is true. So where they, they figured out, man. It's, it's one thing I found out when I, I was trying to graduate early um, from high school so I could start at Maryland early, I found out that the bar is a lot lower than you think. They, <laughs> they give you all this stuff that you think you got to pass, and then you realize, or at least I found out – um early in my senior year when Philip Rivers had done it the year before I think he was the first player to do that like early admission thing and then I was like I want to do that so uh me and my coach and my parents looked into it and I was like oh I could already be graduated <laughs> like I'm just going to school because they say to I'd already finished all the like it's so basic what all, you have to do to get a high need school diploma English foreign government that that <laughs> yeah. last that
0: last year yeah. that's all you need but the problem is That's that last year. (laughs) If if your English three don't count, what are you supposed to do? You gonna go to the new school? What are you taking? English one, English two, English three, English four, algebra,
1: geometry. Gosh, damn! Biology again? Yeah. I mean, like, 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 what? Can you test out of these things? Like, maybe they actually, maybe they actually learning things in Donda. I figured it's a question that you know. It's like, can they just take a test and and I mean, I mean, I'm hoping they actually learn things. That's what I was about to say, Dominique. It is, again, an <laughs> unaccredited school. Like, so you said conspiracy theories 101 ain't oh gonna help you God. in the public school? Like, 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 if the test is, do you know
0: every word to every song on Jesus? Yeah, oh maybe you gosh. got an opportunity, but like, I look at this from the standpoint of the basketball players, right? And If you ever get a chance, go to BasketballReference.com and pull up any year or any player that you can think of, you know, in these modern times. And so I say to do that because once you do, Basketball Reference will give you their whole recruiting class, basically, like the top 100 of their recruiting class. So you go there and then sort that recruiting class by like games played, minutes played, win shares or whatever it is. And you get a handle on just how few players per year who go to high school in the United States become NBA players, like not play in the NBA, become NBA players. And you'll also see how many of those who don't become NBA players are ranked number six in their class, number eight in their class, number 13 in their class, right? Like the margin between like the second best player and the 12th best player. It might not be that wide. You, you feel me? And so, making these decisions in high school on the basis of creating an NBA star is largely a foolhardy mission. Like, if you're not talking about one of these guaranteed types or somebody seven feet tall, right, where this is always going to be a place for you, you're playing a bad game. So, even if this wasn't Kanye. Kanye's thing could have easily been a Bishop Sycamore type of situation, like obviously not on the resource end, but he easily could have been a cod or whatever because Kanye don't know nothing about running no school. Like the the room for disaster on this was so high. And I'm trying to figure out what the payoff is because let me tell you something about basketball. If you are good, they don't care where you went to school. They don't care about any of these things. And whenever I see these people who move heaven and earth, To get high school athletes into these places in the name of going to the next level, I'm like, I really don't think y'all are doing this right. And I mean this for the people that go to IMG and, you know, the, the schools that are considered to be more reputable on this front. Making a move for basketball based on the school, what they care about is your tools. That's about it.
1: I think I mean, the I agree with you wholeheartedly. And obviously, like I mentioned, my mom sent us to a magnet school. The football program was two years old. When I got there, they had one team, they played varsity and JV. When I got there, it was the first year that they divided the two, so we were not a power. But if you balling, you balling. they going to find you. But the argument, I think, for going to these academies, and it's much harder to become an NBA player than an NFL player. Like the, the – I mean, I guess you could go by size or position, but the number of people that are trying to get to the NBA because it's a global game and because it's a cheap game to play – The number of people trying to get to the NBA uh, is much larger. And the number of spots is much smaller. And if you start to break it down by like what spots you can play by height, it gets even smaller. So it's really, really hard. So I think that's probably the motivation is like if this gives me a half a percent better chance, not because of the exposure, but also because of the exposure, but mostly because of the refining that might take place at an academy like like IMG, like a reputable place where they got real legitimate coaches and you're playing against the best, all um the best uh, competition out there. I think that's, that's the argument for it. But then you can just point at Zion and said, you just, just bang yeah. on little white boys and they're going <laughs> to find you. Yeah. Like, I think there's also with the Donda thing, the NIL
0: element and the like thought that there'll be this money that's waiting on you. And I have to be careful when I talk about these things with money because I didn't grow up rich, but I never grew up thinking about what money my parents did or didn't have. You know what I mean? Like it was, a, it was a fairly perfect level of security, and so I, I'm careful about judging the decisions that people who don't have money make in the name of getting money. But I feel like in my travels, and I think you probably feel the same way about this from seeing it. If you think that that nil money that your kid is going to get at this young age is going to be the nest egg for the future, maybe if you're willing or you got the kind of parental relationship where you can just tell them what to do, and that's what it's going to be. But otherwise, that money getting blown. Like no matter how old you are at that young age, that money is getting blown. You are not going to have it for very long. So. I don't even know if the people who are going for the NIL money, if it's really actually accomplishing what you hope for in the name of doing all these things. Like I just don't, it troubles me the idea that we make so many decisions now for teenagers in the name of money. Like that's just a terrible play. Like I look at that overtime elite thing, like um that dude, Mikey Williams, that we heard so much about a couple of years ago. Go look where he is on the recruiting list, man. It don't look like that dude is ever gonna play NBA basketball. Because one thing about the dudes in the 40s who turn into players, they didn't start in the top five, then go to the 40s, and then become players, right? Like these are guys that creep up and then it just goes, you know, as it plays. And so I just look at how people are making these moves for these kids, and the purpose of playing these games at that level is not this, right? It's just that the money is so big now. That you really can't blame people in a way for rolling the dice and giving it a try. I just have no reason to believe that it's creating happier kids. Like I figured out when I would like cover Carolina and start looking at recruiting stuff and then look at how those guys kicked it once they got into college. Um, Once you transfer schools to play ball, it becomes a job. Like you notice in prep school kids always itching, itching, itching to get out of college and go to the NBA, right? Cause it's already been a job for them. It's like, okay, where's the next basketball team for me to go play for?
1: I don't know any legitimate basketball players where it doesn't become a job in their teenage years. Like it, it has to, I mean, these AAU, they don't want to play every day. Don't nobody want to play every day. I don't give a damn what they tell you every day, all year long. Like that's, that's work refining themselves. Like that's work. It's not what I grew up doing. Um, and it's not what most people grew up doing. It's not what most people who are growing up now doing. These guys are professionals, whether they're getting paid or not. They've already set this as a career goal and they're making decisions to optimize for it. To go back to your your point about the NIL money being attractive, like I get that. One of the hardest things I think about decision making in general is there are offs in every decision that you make and they're not always obvious. And I think we can convince ourselves that they don't exist. So anyone who you would ask who's like going for some NIL money or who's taking an opportunity for the money now, I don't think that they are fully aware of what they're giving up. You know, because it's not it's not in a written contract and they haven't sat down and put the pros and cons or they convince themselves that they can do both. Because like the overtime elite is like, yeah, we're going to teach you these lifetimes, these uh, life skills also. So you're like, man, I'm getting an education. That's different than getting a degree. And whether you learn anything in college or not you have a degree or you have some credits towards the degree, or you're even admitted into a school that you may not have like me. I wouldn't have gotten admitted to all the schools that I got, um, scholarship offer too, like i just wouldn't have my grades weren't that good um but i I think that that's a a hard thing just any decision making and for kids to be in that situation and parents who oftentimes don't have the same like world experience to be sitting down and making a decision and not aware of the trade-offs i think is pretty dangerous and i read an article this morning uh on the intercept about the matt damon crypto ad and how much people and i'm a naturally cynical person which is probably cost me Uh, some opportunities here or there but it's probably saved me many times too but when people start coming to me with with opportunities my first thought is this is some bull (laughs) like that's the first thing and it's, it's probably bad I remember a couple of my friends from school went off and got into that crypto stuff early and I remember saying no the whole reason why I said to them the whole reason why I came to business school was so I could not invest in some scheme that I don't understand. And then they made a bunch of money. That's fine. And they and I missed out on that. But right now, that article showed that everybody who got in—if you—if that um—if that Super Bowl ad with Matt Damon was the like impetus for you to get in—you don't lost seventy percent.
0: Yep. Look, <laughs> uh, there's a television show on HBO called Game Theory. They did a long thing about the crypto card yeah. and how athletes. Uh, with you, fortune favors the brave. That is not how I like to think about my money, guys. And again, we're talking about like parents helping these kids (laughs) make decisions. And I mean, I'm gonna be frank with you if your mama thought it was okay, and your daddy too thought it was okay to send you to, to Kanye Tech. Then I just don't believe that those are people that are qualified to help you make any decisions from here until the rest of your life. i don't i I don't in fact i I think
1: they may somebody might need to show up and you know leave with a kid, yeah, he just so that's all about like trafficking on cachet and i mean it's not fair i haven't been there i don't know what they're teaching the fact that they're unaccredited is enough i think for me to be like super skeptical but like that and like his agency too like well brown on. is out on that aaron Donald is out on that go ahead let's let, let's get to that right now because i almost forgot and
0: did you know before this week that the president of Don The sports oh you, you haven't seen this Mm-mm. okay I want you to think of somebody that we've talked about a lot in sports in the last few years, who would be the last person that you would put in charge of anything, but you could see being the first person Kanye would put in charge (laughs) of something.
1: (laughs) Man, I'm going to need a better hint. There's a lot of people that uh, Urban Meyer comes to mind, but I'm sure that he's not the one. Okay, I don't know if the hints are gonna get us here. uh uh-huh. The president of
0: Donda Sports put out a statement this week to say that he would be sticking with Donda Sports in spite of the anti-Semitism and the backlash to Kanye West.
1: Uh, 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 uh.
0: That person also sends out tweets every time something goes bad for the last NFL team for whom he played, directed specifically. Toward the quarterback who allowed him to live in his home.
1: No, he's the president. Tell, tell him who it is Antonio Brown. No, Antonio Brown. No, yes. I, 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 I will not listen to anybody tell me that Jalen Brown is smart ever Yo, again. That's I what can't. I was about to say. I can't. When I he, can't. I'm sorry. When I don't give a damn how many books he read or how many, like, uh, how many people in media that he uncornered cornered and said something smart to? I, I cannot entrust my career to Antonio Brown. He just had his d- out in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Brown, the president
0: of Donda Sports. Like when I looked up and saw the Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown were like, yo, we're not doing this Donda Sports thing anymore. I was like, wow, that's interesting that you were doing it in the first place. Cause I'm sure they got like a legit, you know, they get legitimate agents to run these things. Right. But can you imagine being a legitimate agent? And now a word from our president
1: and then Antonio Brown show up. What are they like? I, it's hard for me to accept. And I'm sure I, I don't I don't know who the agents are, so I don't want to be disrespectful to them. But it's hard for you to make a sense to say they're a legitimate agent. And also they'd be willing to work under Antonio Brown. So maybe there's enough money or enough opportunity or maybe they got to skip the line. But there had to be some benefit. But. It ain't big enough for, for me to entrust anything to to anyone who would be like, yeah, that's my boss. Doc, I refuse to believe that he was the president of Don Sports. I was like, this just has
0: to be the shit that he's saying. Right. Like there's yeah. just there's there's no possible way that this is the case. And Kanye, I mean. I've gone out of my way to not talk about Kanye just because I find him to be unserious and thereby unimportant. And I'm not sure that he has any actual influence on anybody um, with the things that he is doing, right? Like he's a lightning rod and he gets people to talk about him and it just gets people all stirred up. But to me, it feels like a very masturbatory endeavor. Like it, do- it's, not, it's not producing anything. So I, by and large, let him go, right? I mean, I feel like what Kanye's doing right now, and I mean, the man's got his own issues. I don't know where the issues start and end. Right. Like, I don't want to get into the, the weeds of that part. But my thought when I see him now is that. This has just got to be intentional self-destruction, OK, because the ridiculous Jews run the world thing, if they ran the world, people would treat them a lot better. That's all I'm saying. Right. Like like if, if, if the Jews ran the world in the way that he says, I don't think the story of their path would be nearly what it has been documented to be. Right. But he's like the Jews run the world. OK. If you do believe that the Jews run the world, then, you know, the Jews ain't going to let you get away with what it is that you are doing right now. Because I do not believe that the Jews run the world. But I do believe that there are Jewish people who run certain companies and yeah. those people ain't going to rock with you. They have learned through the course of time, we can't really give y'all an inch on mm-hmm. this stuff, right? We give y'all an inch, and next thing you know, we got to leave. Like, we're, we're not <laughs> exactly. We're not doing this. Like, anytime somebody <laughs> makes this argument about Jewish people, I'm just like, look, man, if black people ran any segment of things, and you was out here talking that Ku Klux, yeah. then chances are you're going to have a hard time finding a job, right? Uh... Like, that's people. That's what it's going to be. So I can only assume that Kanye is trying to burn everything down that he has going. But when he showed up at a, a Skechers unannounced, I was like, oh, that he one. also tried to die in a hail
1: of gunfire. Yeah, that one. I saw that. It's was like, what? So I guess his plan was he was just going like, to go from Adidas to Skechers and just show up without an appointment and be like, looky here, here. Here's my question. And look it up. Sketchers
0: is like the number two footwear oh, brand in the world up. or something crazy like that. But it's not because they fly, mm. right? Like, who who is the person at Skechers that you plan to walk in and sell them the idea of these Sketcher Yeezys and how that works with their brand? Clearly they have decided, we not getting fly. There's money over here in these other, all kinds of shoe companies making billions of dollars you ain't never heard of because they had paid less at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? They're like, it's other money out here to get got.
1: Sketch is getting their money off of kitchen staff and nurses. And yes. they fine with that. <laughs> and, yes. and, da- and dads who gave up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is where they're getting their money from. None of them people is like, man, I want to get Kanye. Like, yeah, they, they got a brand and they are sticking to it. This kind of speaks to Kanye doing a whole bunch of different things. Like, I am never one. I, I, as someone who's had multiple, like, Different careers and have opportunities to go do weird stuff. I'm not against anybody trying new things, but not all at the same time. It <laughs> sketches knows quite clearly where their brand is. Kanye, like, nah, I'm going to run a school. I'm going to do a sports brand. I'm going to make music. I'm going to do uh, apparel. I'm going to do shoes. Like, it's a, it's a lot for one man. And he's, he's uh, delegating that authority to people like Antonio Brown. Hey, man, who drove him up there? <laughs> <laughs> where we go? Make a left. GPS ain't go right. Oh, and then you're like, where are we
0: going? Just drive. Oh, God. And then you get there. And I didn't get a great handle on this. Did he walk in unaccompanied or did he have his people with him? Like, I'm assuming he got
1: his, a bodyguard or yeah. something like that. He got to have his people with him, which is how you end up getting <laughs> You show up there with a, a number of big, scary Negroes and you just pushing around. talking about, let me see the president. OK, <laughs> I want to see the CEO. <laughs> OK. <laughs> and they are looking for an opportunity but the point you made before like that the history for jewish people in this world is it's not old it's recent and it started with people talking sh- it started with people with weird uh opinions about them. So as soon as you pop up with some weird opinions, that's that's how it I mean, they gonna dead that, which is fine. I ain't never getting on a boat with a white man at, at the helm. <laughs> cause cause the middle damn passage, uh, you better have a black man at the front of that boat if you want me getting on it. Yeah, nah, man, it's not it's not going down. It's not work for free. You, I'm not I, volunteering. No, nah. not never. I know what y'all do. <laughs> this is just the
0: beginning. Yeah. But I'm really just trying to think about this. Like, imagine being a parent and now you got to figure out
1: what you're doing with this kid for at least the rest of the semester. So imagine being the parent who thought that it was okay to send your kid to Donda Academy and that same parent now stuck. Like when you say imagine being a parent, I imagine myself in that position and I think it's hard. I don't imagine the type of person that would do that then figuring out what to do.
0: Hold up. Imagine being the not the parent who thought it was a good idea. Oh yeah, <laughs> but the parent who thought it was a bad idea, but was overruled uh, by the parent who thought it was a good idea. That's 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 the, that's the parent that I want to hear about. I want to hear about that phone call. So you see this email that the school just sent. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Oh, you have it, huh? Well, open it right <laughs> Man, now. You can't. You can't tell them. You you can't tell them. You gotta let them read it themselves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to Uh, see
0: what it says because you're gonna think I'm lying, right? uh, Nah, you go ahead and look at that. What we
1: gonna do now, John. Oh gosh, and you know know it was dad. (sighs) They had to pay to go there too. Uh you know it was dad in most cases. You know it was. It's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because fortune favors the brave and 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 we normally the ones like i think there's lots of research to support that we are more um we're a lot less risk averse so women are a lot more risk averse than us so it's the chances are that the man gonna be like yeah this this new thing we can pioneer this it's gonna be great come on well, kanye college drop well, dropout.
0: well here's the next part too that same way kanye showed up at sketchers just because they say school was closed, don't mean ain't nobody showing up. They might not be kids, but I assure you, someone needs to answer. Someone needs to answer some questions. And the words of the late Grace Stacey in Brooklyn: "Promises were made, promises must be kept." I can't
1: imagine poor kids, man. Like they don't know no better.
0: Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit, trying to get my fitness in check, so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Peloton All-Access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Nah, speaking of not knowing no better, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers counts as not knowing no better. But like, how has Aaron Rodgers not learned at this point in his career that blaming your teammates in interviews is just not the groove? Now, he says that no one had a problem with his truthful criticism and saying that dudes need to be benched. And who knows? Maybe none of the dudes that need to be benched recognize they the people that need to be benched. Or maybe they are all the most self-aware people in the world and they recognize the level of truth but man, the potential for the wheels to come off in this one. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are like the opposite dude and the same dude in so many ways right now. But for Rodgers, man, listen, you you, you need to be building these dudes up, man, clearly.
1: Except he, tr- so I found real quickly when that, Quote first came out and I was involved in like talking about the pre-show meeting for Get Up and then going on and talking about it on Get Up. I found very quickly that there was nowhere for me to go because we all had the same reaction. I was like, yeah, that's that's whack. Don't do that. And like as somebody who's on a team, I, I've used this analogy a bunch is that there's like a line on teams of us and them. And it seems like you want to be a part of the us. And Aaron's like drawing a circle around himself and saying, this is me. The rest of y'all is them. And that's a terrible way to lead. And it's a terrible way to be the highest paid and best and most talented employee in a building. All that is bad. But once I I, once I like exhausted all that and everyone was saying the same thing that I was feeling, I was like challenging myself to figure out because I think Aaron Rodgers is smart. Whether he uses that intellectual horsepower for to get to good conclusions or bad ones, I think he's smart. And I think he's been around the game long enough to know that this quote is not in the same with Russell. Like Russell has to know that telling people that he high need for four hours on a flight. It given what we already say about him, he has to know how it's going to be received. So I have no other, uh, no other, um, course, but to believe that this was intentional. And so for Russell, I don't understand why it would be intentional for Aaron. The re- reason why it could be intentional is I think back in my career and being in locker rooms and. Sometimes there are guys who are playing for reasons that we don't understand. Maybe it's money, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's something. And everyone in the locker room is like,, why' don't they sit that boy down? Uh, I know I know he I know he dating his mama, but they need to sit him down. And you know, I know he got a new contract, but the backup is better. and we all whispering about it. And so it's possible that Aaron is speaking for the locker room. And there are lots of guys in the locker room that are watching these same dudes, whoever they are, go out there and be unprepared and make mistakes and cost the team. And they keep rolling them dudes out there because they have some tie to them or some commitment. Otherwise, that's the best argument I can have, because Aaron Rodgers did try the positivity. If you look back week to week, his quotes have changed. It was like I it was very optimistic, very optimistic. Then it was we got to simplify things. They got their ass beat again. Then it's hey, we got to sit some people down like it's. Because it's Aaron Rodgers and he's on the team, it's hard for us to accept. But someone covering this team, it's a reasonable course. Don't worry. We're going to be all right. Don't worry. We're going to be all right. All right. Well, maybe we need to simplify things. Hey, changes got to be made. He's run out of answers. That's a fair point, right? Like. He
0: did try the other stuff. Like, once you point that out, NFL gives us short memories, right? Mm -hmm. You're absolutely correct. He did try the other way. And the other way did not work. And now he's like, all right, well, now we got to get some people on the oak. And I think the part that I hadn't thought about in this is it isn't 52 dudes messing up plus Aaron Rodgers. And quite honestly, Aaron Rodgers has been in the messing up category to a degree. There are Aaron Rodgers is not the only person frustrated with these wide receivers. There are other players on the team that are like, man, we need to start putting these dudes on the on the oak. I had not quite thought about that
1: part that Rodgers got to lead them cats, too. I mean, the only reason I ended up there is because, like, I, I respect Aaron's intelligence. And I know he knows that when he says something like this, it's not going to be received well outside of the locker room. He has to know that in the locker room, they like, yeah finally somebody's saying this and i assume that he's had these conversations with the coaches which is why he's gone public is with um he's set with stefanski or um not stefanski lafleur mixing up all these disciples these shanahanis (laughs) um and said hey this ain't working and they still keep doing the same thing and what it boils down to me for from to get into more x's and o's of it is they, 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 they're best players outside of Aaron Rodgers on offensive running backs. And they keep trying to do this shotgun run system, which I don't believe you can have like a sustainable run attack from shotgun with a quarterback who's not a real running threat. Cause Aaron Rodgers is athletic, but he's not a real running threat. They need to put Aaron under center and make this stuff look more like the Shanahan stuff. Get under center, run the, um, the stretch and play action off of that. Like it's, it's not, they don't have the personnel uh, to do it the way that they're trying to do it. Did you see the beige rage the other
0: night? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Dog, the beige rage, <clears throat> I don't know what happened, <sighs> but Golden State was playing <sighs> Phoenix. And Clay Thompson, <laughs> who, like, first of all, I had just seen Clay Thompson a couple days before on a clip from All the Smoke where they asked him, To talk about a funny story from when he was in college, and he told the story about the time that he got popped for possession in his driveway, and it's all in Clay Thompson voice, right? And Clay is like so sincere, but doesn't ever really get dialed up. Like his voice doesn't really raise, but it is obvious when he is peeved. It is just in this distinctly Clay Thompson way. I don't know what about that game was driving Clay Thompson crazy, but Clay Thompson's matched up with Devin Booker, and he just got so I've never seen anything close to this with Clay Thompson. Like, honestly, I don't know if I've seen anybody in the NBA ever just go off for as long as he did. And he got to go off for as long as he did because he's Clay Thompson, right? So he's like all up in Devin Booger's face, and nobody's afraid. Nobody thinks he's going to go anywhere. He's not going to try to fight you or anything like that. And they finally threw him out the game. I ain't never seen somebody so mad that they were still talking all the way down the tunnel, but nobody had to like wrap him up and take him away. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was just mad. He was just mad. It just, he was just mad. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go, but y'all going to listen to this while I'm walking away. I don't actually <laughs> want this fight. I got to be honest with you. When you said the Bay's Rage, all I did was start thinking about fight promotion. And <laughs> and they said the Bay's Rage. And then I went from that to the Manila in Manila. Where you just <laughs> <laughs> they just going to go, not the Thriller in Manila. We just got the Manila versus the Manila in Manila.
0: Yo, that's it. that's it. Uh, Clay Thompson, aka the Manila Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> or, or should Devin Booker be the Manila Thriller? We gotta like every year we got an annual contest uh, to see who gets to be the Manila Thriller. Um, I just <laughs> oh, I could gosh. not stop laughing. And again, look, it's probably one game, but the people stuff for Golden State is just going to wind up being interesting. Like, did you see? Um, you know, Kevin Garnett's got a show on Showtime that I feel like I need to watch more because it's Kevin Garnett on television. But it's he and Paul Pierce and Paul Pierce in his most comfortable role, which is riding behind Kevin Garnett <laughs> and make a bucket when a bucket needs to be made. Garnett sitting there with Pierce and he's like, dog, but, you know, and talking like Kevin Garnett, which y'all don't realize is, man, that championship, that second group come back so arrogant. I saw that, <laughs> and he's just talking about the boosted confidence that comes from all those guys. They want their bread. They want their minutes. You know, so the Warriors got all of that, and Klay Thompson is fighting for his, and Klay Thompson is not the same player. I don't know why any of you just kept sitting around like, well, wait till Klay gets back. After two devastating injuries around 30, and he was so furious and everybody tried to have an explanation for it but it was just like yo what what got in the clay <laughs> yeah
1: the conversations between like the coach and the players because like you have end of season meetings and beginning of season meetings and in basketball it's probably different because the rush is so small you probably have a lot of other one-on-one interactions with coach or general manager or the team owner and that sort of stuff about where you stand In the organization, what our plans are for you for the future. Those conversations have to be incredibly interesting because they have so many guys that you want to tell people the thing that's going to keep them motivated. And you also want to be honest with them. And the thing that's going to keep all these young guys motivated is we're going to get you more minutes. We're going to start to build around you, which I also think that is a reasonable Long. This goes back to what you and I have been talking about before. It's like, can you plan for the future and win right now at the same time? So it seems like they can because they won right now and they seem well positioned for the future. But now the hard stuff hits. Like, how are you going to keep all of these people happy without giving everybody what they want? Because it's zero sum. There's only a certain amount of minutes. Like you can't add minutes. You can't add play calls. Like there's only a certain amount and they're going to be like juxtaposing them or, or comparing them to each other. Like, man, they doing this for him. They doing this for him. What are they doing for me? What is it? Like it's a real hard dynamic in such a small little locker room with, uh, so many big time personalities and, and people that's hungry. Like if you ever work hard for something for like decades plus and you on the doorstep of it, and you see something or someone standing in the way, that'll bring out something nasty in you. Take it from me, personal experience. It'll turn you into somebody that you don't want to be, and, <laughs> and then afterwards you sort it out later.
0: So, uh, what would you turn into if you were playing uh, with the great Tope Hope Hope uh, <laughs> Ben Simmons? <laughs> Um, over there in Brooklyn, because like, I used to do a show with Pablo while he would ride for Ben Simmons, and yeah. it took years off my life. And i will be watching you <sighs> on Debatable, and now you in my chair watching him continue to ride for Ben Simmons. And it is like I just don't know how anybody yeah. can continue to do that at this point. Because, see, this is what I think we saw in this Milwaukee game with Ben Simmons that's worth noting. Now, granted, he was dealing with somewhat of an outlier situation, but I think you'll feel me this argument about, we'll just play Ben Simmons as a small ball five. Yeah. Problem with that is he's a small five. Yeah. And I don't think you have to go small to deal with Ben Simmons as a small ball five because Ben right. Simmons can't slash, won't shoot. Right. So he's out there uh, uh, trying to guard Giannis. And Giannis is just out here making a mockery of his existence. Yeah. Right? And so Ben Simmons says, I think, through this point in the season as we record this 21 points and
1: 18 fouls. Mm-hmm. What? Good. Yeah, it's not good. The um, It's weird when you have skills that are like super high level but are not at all complementary or suitable, you know, like it's and that's what it feels like with him is he has such impressive high level skills that are unique that people are like, man, this dude's going to be great but his, his weaknesses are uh, such that they can be exploited and that you can sometimes neutralize those really impressive skills that he has. And to be like the the best small ball five, I guess there is is um or no, that's not fair. The the closest thing to what I think Ben Simmons could be is Draymond Green. And like in his best case scenario, which requires a unique roster and it also requires a mindset that it seems clear that Ben Simmons, I saw Ben Simmons get riled up about a call, one call uh, in one game. I I don't know that I've ever seen that otherwise. And yeah, I've never done it. I don't know what it takes, but it seems like the mental toughness or whatever that is giving Ben Simmons a hard problem is like the biggest issue, but there are also like technical issues in his style of play. So I don't know. I, I think what happens with a lot of people, and I'm guilty of it also, which is why I can I can recognize it, is you get in on a take and you get in on a person and you just don't want to let it go. You just want to be right, and he gives you just enough to feel like you still can be right. And yeah. and he just wrong, man. It's just wrong. Well, the argument that the most
0: Ardent Simmons defenders try to make is well, what you need to do is put him on a team with four shooters. Like that's easy to do. <laughs> Right. Like, like the the, <laughs> yeah. the argument behind putting him on the floor with four shooters assumes that you can just readily find four guys who not only can shoot, but in composite can do all the other basketball things a team needs, including all the things Ben Simmons cannot do and refuses to do. So, like you think about the Warriors at their best. That's three shooters. They just happen to be three of the most incredible shooters that you've ever seen. But that's really three shooters. So you look at like the starting lineups for the Warriors through that entire run. It's the the first championship. I mean, maybe if you count Harrison Barnes as a shooter, I would not do that. I would say he's a guy who could shoot. But they had two shooters. Yeah. Like that was it. They're out there playing with big men. You're not going to be able to play extended stretches of basketball with four guys on the floor who are able to shoot to offset this other dude like that. They just don't make that many players who are capable of that thing. And look, Durant been cool about it up to this point. But if, if he's me, yeah. everything I was salty about is happening. Yeah. Everything I said was a problem is a problem.
1: The shooting is uh, probably the most like sought after skill like in basketball right now. It's the it's the hardest to find. It's why people like Duncan Robinson get monster deals. Like it's if you can find a guy who can shoot, if he can't do a whole bunch of other stuff, that's fine. He can get paid. Um. So the idea that they're all out there and you just got to pick them up like that's impossible. And also that would be building around him. And it seems clear that whatever like it takes i don't want to like fall into like alpha cliches and nonsense like that but if nothing else he don't got it to be the guy like that's to you could make everybody who's an nba has some really unique skills impressive right. skills and has some shortcoming if i'm going to construct my whole roster around addressing your shortcomings you better be that dude
0: Yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, so much about talking about him requires you. Like, this is the problem the Sixers had. So much of what they were doing was not built around the strengths of Embiid. It was about trying to mask the weaknesses of Simmons. And look, this team don't have that many good players. Like, when you go look at it, it's Kevin Durant. It's Kyrie Irving. And that's really all we talk about. I saw something early at the beginning of this week or, like, early this week. I don't know if this still holds. But the starting lineup in the NBA that had the worst plus minus was the Nets starting
1: lineup that's gross gross. yeah right yeah i I watched their game uh on um wednesday night against the bucks and ben simmons i actually thought was like it had me wondering like why are we so why is there so much heat around having a conversation about ben simmons because he was a high draft pick and there are so high expectations for him but what he provided for the team was like a like a decent role player. Like, I feel like he was an asset to the team even without scoring. But he needs to be so much more. He's paid, like, so much more. They expect so much more from him. And I, I think that's part of it. And just because he he does things that people don't like. But at least in that particular game, they lost. And I guess to your point, yeah, Giannis gave him to work. But he didn't seem like the problem in the way that, like, honestly, Russell Westbrook kind of feels like. Well, he felt like the problem until yeah, they, they went and played the Duggins without <laughs> Michael Porter and got their doors
0: blown yes. off, Yeah, right? Yeah. I woke up after that game, and I saw a report that said that they were thinking about Benjamin Russell Westbrook for Austin Reeves, and I'm like, if you do that, you better do that on Zoom. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, Darvin Ham, the only one that you can feel like, all right, we're going to have yeah. to do this, right? Because, look, the day comes, and they tell Russ this ain't working, security going to have to walk him out. Like, you're not like this. They they go have to treat him like every other employee and be like, all right, um, <laughs> your things are in a box. This uh, man's going
1: to help you to your car. Uh, don't touch me, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. But I, I don't think he wants to be there. But still, yeah, the embarrassment of it. At least it feels like they don't want him there. He don't want to be there. But maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe Russ still wants to be there. I'm just projecting how I would feel in that situation. It's like, Oh, I think he really wants
0: to be there because I think he really wants to play for the Lakers. And I think he really wants to be in Los Angeles. Like, I don't know the dude, right? Mm-hmm. I admit that I'm doing a large measure of guessing. Like, maybe he doesn't want to be on that roster as it's right. constructed. But the the saddest part of it for me to watch is he seems so very clearly to be in his own head. Yeah. Right. Like that shot, that jump shot he took, for example, that's an in your head move. Like he seems so clearly to be there. But Russell Westbrook isn't giving us a drop of vulnerability. That's Mm -hmm. not his bag. Right. He's not giving you any indication of those things. So it's all going to come out as a measure of surliness. And I'm like, where does Russell Westbrook go at a time like this? Because this has to feel terrible. This has to feel
1: awful. And he can't give us none of that. Yeah, that's that's what I keep feeling is like, he's been great. He's a Hall of Famer. like. And uh, for people who hate what, he, I mean, a lot of people hate on what his, how he actually contributes to winning or losing. That's fine if you own a team, you're a GM, or you're a fan of a team. I've never really been a fan of any specific team. But I also, I just always enjoyed watching him play because this was cool. Simple as yes. that. And... I hate this now where he's like in the like most popular team getting all this attention and it's just bad year after year. And like, I know people going to say, but he get all his money and whatever. Blah, 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 it's so cool that that don't change the way it feel when it, when it don't feel good. And I'm watching him and just thinking like, this gotta be like debilitating. And this where being a basketball player is so much tougher because, like, when I have a bad game or a bad series of game as a football player, a normal-sized dude, I go out in the world and don't nobody know me. And it's fine. Like, Russell have to be in his own head when he's on the floor, and he got to be in his own head when he grocery shopping or he trying to go to the movies or whatever. Every time he out, people recognize him, and he know that not nobody who cares about basketball in L.A. likes him right now. And that sucks. Yeah. There ain't enough money in the world. To make that like feel better, and, and maybe dude, you can buy your own movie theater. You don't have to deal with these people, but it just and fun. also it's at the crib.
0: This yeah. is a man who put up a twenty 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 triple do- double in honor of Nipsey. <laughs> like he he that kind of yeah. L A. right? Yeah, and and, and 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 he's a good dude. Yeah, like they all want to go there. But meanwhile, and I would just say this right fast as we're getting toward the end, we keep talking about all of this when the real disaster that's going on right now is in Philadelphia, because if things don't change there, people are going to get fired. And I'm going to say this, OK, I, I'm not particularly informed in this. I'm not telling you that somebody told me something And I'm, you know, I said at the end of last season, if you're in B, you got to force your way out of this. This is not the place that you want to be. They are now running the James Harden offense, basically, yeah. in Philadelphia. If you're NB, you're gonna to need to get out of here.
1: This has got to be your last year here. If this is the path that they're gonna be taking, I'd be right. trying to get out of there pronto. And you said something's got to change. If things don't get get right, the thing that's gonna change is Doc, Doc Rivers, which then they're gonna to go to D'Antoni, and that's gonna get even more hardness of the the offense. So yeah, I, I think you 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 might be right about about that. Whereas. Just trying to think where he's going to end up or what he's going to do, but he's probably not going to do nothing. It seems like he seems committed to that place and and those fans, and I guess everybody. Yeah, seems they that all way seem committed us. until yeah. they don't. Yeah, they are all, f- all committed until they realize, wow, this commitment is a horrific idea. Yeah, but he's he's protected. It feels like in a way that other superstars aren't, and maybe it's the big man of it or something. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but we don't. T- or maybe it's the injuries. We don't talk about him not winning the big one in the same way, and it might also yeah, because he be, was out I there. He was out there with Ben Simmons, right? Yeah, and, so th- he had and that then protection. he gets hardened. Like yeah. he, there are
0: other people to blame. It's the same right. way that Kevin Durant didn't really get the hell for it when he had Russell Westbrook. Like we can't really focus. We 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 only identify one loser at a time, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we, like yeah. this, it's always one loser's yeah. fault, <laughs> right? Yeah, That's I, what we got. But yeah, right. that Dominique Foxworth. Check him out on the Dominique Foxworth show. Check him up on get, check out on Get Up. Check him out on
1: Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. Check him out on the Media Com show. Did I leave anything out? Now, every time you say it, I get sad. Like, man, my, I should have another comma for all this stuff I'm doing. <laughs> it's appreciated, man. <laughs> it's appreciated. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget
0: uh, 860-516-4119. That's the voicemail number Tell us about that time your mama or daddy came home early. You know what I mean? Whatever it was, they came home early. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Parker Owens and Adi Khan handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Also, thank you for watching on YouTube. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days.